The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I got a pick and 30 deep coming up in probably the next 10 minutes. So if the podcast suddenly takes a weird detour or there's a long pause, well, you wouldn't hear it anyway. We'd edit it out. But if you're wondering if my attention changes mid-show, keep an eye out for that. That's your Easter egg for the day. Good morning, everybody. A happy Thursday to you all. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. And I am your host, Dan Bespris, a name fit for uh, seeing the letters typed out on screen. It is at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. That B is a bravo. That's, I have a pretty good microphone, but it's still not super easy to tell unless you're listening on you know, like really professional speakers. As I've said before, if you'd like, you can just find me by Google searching Dan from Hoopball. Super easy. Definitely, definitely follow me on Twitter. I am extraordinarily active there. Uh, it's a lot of fun. This is where I do a lot of my thinking out loud when it's not the podcast. So check me out on Twitter at Dan Bespris. Again, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We are five days from basketball starting, and I'm guessing most of you guys are staring down the barrel of or have already had your drafts. Personally, you guys know I love to do my drafts at the last second, and I would suggest other people do the same. Yesterday, we found out that Gordon Hayward broke his finger again. Something always... No, the finger, you know, that's a newer thing, but there's always something going on with that dude, and this is why... That's, a, I think, a really good example of, of why you want to have your drafts late. I really liked Gordon Hayward this year, and now I'm probably not drafting him anywhere. I don't think I can. I don't think that I would feel comfortable drafting Hayward, not knowing exactly when he's coming back. And so all the value that I thought we might have had, like if we had had a fantasy draft three weeks ago, you were getting Gordon Hayward in the 60s, 70s, 80s range, which would have been a massive value if he was healthy. But these things happen in the preseason all the time. And then there are injuries that we didn't know about, like the Derek White thing we found about two weeks ago. He was one of our guys we were going to be targeting. Brandon Clark still hasn't played in the preseason. Another potential target. These are three hot targets that we had no idea they were either hurt or going to be hurt that we can now dodge by doing our draft late. So I am in whatever it is. I'm in like five or six money leagues and then 30 deep, which is now I'm on deck. Now I am literally one pick away in 30 deep as we do this podcast. That one has to start early because it's a slow draft. My other ones are all fast snake drafts that somehow we've managed to accommodate everybody, even though there are folks in literally like 15, 16 hours difference in these uh, in these things. I think we're fortunate that there's sort of like a big gap. We don't have anyone in Western Europe, I don't think, right now. <laughs> we got the States, Eastern Europe, and then uh, the other side of the Pacific. If we had somebody... There, there are a couple of pockets there where we wouldn't be able to to correspond. Like if you, we covered almost all twenty four hours in a day, but we managed to slip it in there. So I got all these drafts coming up, and I'm starting to get those. I don't know. I'm starting to get excited. I'm starting to get those those butterflies when you know you got your draft coming. You've been doing all this work. You've been doing all this prep work. You're trying to figure out where guys are going, but ADPs are on the move. And so today, 
Uh, we're going to talk about ESPN ranks because that's something that we've kind of dodged on this podcast, but it's out there. I'm, all of my leagues are on Yahoo, uh, with the exception of 30 Deep, which is on CBS. So I, I, you know, I don't look at them very much, but I know a lot of you guys do use ESPN, and their ranks are straight up bananas. So we're going to go through those today. We'll pick out some of the absolute craziest things and some areas where we can catch a winner or two. Uh, no guest on today's show for the first time in a long while, but we will have two on tomorrow's show, the Legends of Fantasy Basketball episode. Tomorrow it'll be Doc, Dr. A, Steve Alexander, and Aaron Bruski. Old buddies, Legends of Fantasy. That'll be tomorrow's weekend edition, the Friday weekend edition. I cannot wait. That is going to be incredible. Can't wait for tomorrow's show. So that's what's coming up here. Uh, let's do a little bit of ESPN stuff right now. We'll take a short break in the middle of the podcast, do a couple of promos, and then we will complete that as well. So uh, diving right in. Without further ado, it's ESPN Ranks Day here on Fantasy NBA Today. And one thing to keep in mind as we go through these names, and we're not going to do it slowly because I want this to be a one-day adventure, is that ESPN Ranks are heavily influenced by points leagues. We have this conversation every year, but it's important to have it every year because we often have, one, new listeners, and two, it's easy to kind of forget that it happened. It's easy to forget that, that this is why these things are the way they are. For instance, on whatever platform you're using, their numbers are influenced by the way that most of their leagues exist. So ESPN exists in a uh, a world where a lot of their leagues are points leagues. Yahoo, almost all of their leagues are 8 and 9 cat, sort of traditional. Fantrax, similar. CBS has a ton of points leagues, so their rankings are pretty well uh, clouded in that direction. So what you're going to see is that because most points leagues don't factor percentages, that ESPN ranks are going to be artificially inflated or deflated based on efficiency. Everything is off the wall because of efficiency. CBS, same thing. Yahoo and Fantrax, you'll see guys like Anthony Davis right up at the very top the way they basically should be. Whereas if you look at ESPN, for instance, Anthony Davis is pre-ranked sixth. Sixth. Russell Westbrook is 14 on ESPN. Giannis is number one. And that tells you everything you need to know because Giannis could do every single thing he did last year, which, mind you, was 30-14-6 with a steal, a block, one and a half three-pointers. But he was the single worst free throw value in the entire NBA. He was the worst boulder weighing down free throw percent. Worse than anyone. I know his percentage was higher than some guys at 63%, like Andre Drummond shot 58%, but Drummond took 5, and Giannis took 10. It's weighted. It is the biggest weight in fantasy sports. In any statistical category, there is no player in the NBA who has a larger negative impact on any one category than Giannis and free throw percent last year. 
Yes, that also means that by removing that, you turn him into the best player in fantasy sports, which is how we get to where we are on the ESPN rank board. You can do this, you know, Basketball Monsters player ranker can do it very easily. If you punt free throws, Giannis is number one. Anthony Davis, amazingly, is number two because James Harden falls farther. But, like, there, you know, Andre Drummond is number five in that situation from last year. LeBron actually, believe it or not, stays sort of similar to where he was just because other guys kind of moved past him and some other guys fell behind and, and it hovers in that same general area. Clint Capella would have been number 12 last year if you were punting free throws. But we're not punting free throws in most of our leagues, and so if you're in an ESPN league that's not a points league, you need to dramatically reshuffle the deck. So let's read off a chunk of names and then go through them on today's show. That's how we're going to do it. We'll go, through the, we'll go through them 20 at a time. So the top 20 on ESPN's rank board, Giannis Jokic. That one's actually kind of interesting because uh, Jokic actually has good percentages. So presumably they think he's playing in all 72 ball games. Luka, Harden at four. Cat, AD, Dame, LeBron at eight. KD is nine. Steph Curry is number 10. Trey Young, 11, Ben Simmons, 12, Tatum, Westbrook at 14, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, Shea, Gilgis Alexander, and Jimmy Butler is your top 20 on ESPN. So some of that is actually not that far from reality. Like, uh, for instance, you know, LeBron at 8 is only a little bit above where he should be. Dame at 7 is more or less where he should be. And again, you know, some of that one, the Dame thing is because he is a slight negative in field goal percent, and that doesn't matter. So the other guys around him, everybody's moving more than him. More guys fell behind. Some guys went in front, and he ends up kind of right back where he started. Certainly the, the most interesting things there are... Uh, uh, the most interesting thing in that, in that entire list was Giannis at number one. Because there's, there's no universe outside of a punt, free throw, head-to-head build where Giannis should be number one. There's just not. You know, you can you can mess with numbers all you want. You can turn off turnovers. That moves him up to 14 from last year. Uh, you can, like, the head-to-head element of it, you can try to consider totals, although Giannis did miss a handful of games last season, and he probably will again because, frankly, Milwaukee doesn't need to win the regular season, and Giannis has now signed his extension, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but that's going to screw up. That's going to drive ESPN boards so let's let's do this two different ways now that i look at it from this perspective we don't really cover points leagues on this podcast very much so let's let's talk about it from both angles let's say you're doing a category draft how can you find value in that top 20 and let's say you're doing a points league draft is there any value left in that top 20 there you go that'll that that brings it all together i feel like we've put a really nice bow on that side of the discussion. So first of all, uh, James Harden should still be number one. I, you know, I like I, I don't care that he's going to be held out for a trade of some kind. Um, what is it going to be? Four or five games? He's still like if you look at last year, James Harden was still so far out in front of everybody that missing even missing a few games it wasn't going to be close like James Harden was number one last year Anthony Davis was number two and the difference between them was like adding uh you know Trey Young 
truly. Yeah, I know this is hard to believe. Um, well, let's let's make sure we're we're using the correct date range on this. But effectively, you don't need a, a name. The difference between James Harden and Anthony Davis was, uh, like adding a player of a third round caliber to your team, and Trey was better than that last year because I had my totals all mishmashed. So it'd be like adding, uh, like Siakam to Anthony Davis gets you to James Harden last year. That's how far out in front of everybody he was. Now, by totals, it's it was a, a, a little bit closer. Like, if you were actually punting both percentages, uh, and we'll leave turnovers involved because there's a slight negative impact there. If you were punting both percentages last year, James Harden was still number one. Uh, he was actually farther out in front of Anthony Davis, but LeBron, Giannis, and Andre Drummond catch up a lot. But still, this is I, I want you guys to internalize this. The difference between Giannis last year, punting both percentages, which is effectively what you're doing in a points league. It's not perfect, but there is a slight negative for turnovers. You know, you get points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, turnovers. That's basically it. This stuff doesn't, doesn't really matter all that much. Um, Harden is still so far. Hard, the difference between Harden and Anthony Davis actually now grows to a late second rounder. So that's a bigger gap between those two guys, meaning Harden's advantage in free throw uh, combined with his disadvantage in field goal percent moved him farther out in front. LeBron caught up, but he's still behind AD at third, and Giannis caught up a lot, but he's still right behind LeBron in fourth place. The difference right now, looking at last year's numbers, by the way, Harden played four more games than Giannis last year, so... Think about that. If Harden does sit out five, six games because of what all this other stuff going on, Giannis is going to miss five or six games just because. Because they're so good, they don't need it. The difference between James Harden and Giannis Antetokounmpo last year was a full season of, again, percentage punting. Kawhi Leonard. Is that nuts or what? The difference in individual roster slot value meaning the difference between James Harden at, at this point was roughly one and a quarter P-values above your NBA average player, which is effectively the number 70 guy last year. And Giannis was three quarters of a P-value ahead. So to get that last stretch, you're talking about uh, like the number 13 ranked player, which, you know, it, it doesn't work out that way because... You can't always get the number 70 player to fill in your other roster slot. That's not that easy. But effectively, that's the difference that we're talking about right here. So then pivot that towards this season. And to say, you know, Harden is four. Where was Luka last year? He was 14. He's going to be dinged up again. Where was Jokic in this discussion last year? He was eighth. It really wasn't close. Harden is number one. Harden is number one. You could make a pretty reasonable argument for Giannis at number two. You could. Like, I mean, here's the thing. Like, you could make an argument for Giannis at number one, frankly. But Harden at four is really the issue I'm taking with here on the ESPN right. Less than, if we're, again, if we're looking at this from a points perspective, my issue is more with Harden at four than it is with Giannis at one. Giannis... Luca, Harden, even Trey Young, 
if you want to flip him into that discussion, all of these guys have uh, some kind of claim to nearing the top spot. I don't think Trey's going to be in that top discussion. I think he's, uh, you know, his free throw percent is actually such a big help, and his field goal percent is a similarly kind of a minor weight that he ends up having that hardened effect where he gets a little bit better when you're punting percentages, but other guys get more, get more better. <laughs> That's good. Nicely done, Dan. Good, good grammar. Get more better. Okay, so let's let's plow through this thing. So in that top 20, if you're playing in a category league, uh, you have value because there are points leagues guys that have raised up, meaning you might have the 10th, 11 pick, and you might end up with Steph Curry. But it's not as though you can bank on any of that. You need to know who your competition is and if they're going to be swayed by what ESPN is doing here. On the points league side, the value plays, in my estimation, uh, Harden at four is a massive one. Him falling that far is is colossal. Um, Cat at five and AD at six are also both nice values in that early chunk. Uh, LeBron is at eight is probably a, a minor value. Dame, like those guys are are relatively accurately assessed. Uh, other guys that are getting pushed down the board. A, uh, in in points leagues by some of these these re rankings, um, I- at least in that top chunk. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess Westbrook at fourteen. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd call him a value, right? Like he's not. How how far do we really expect that guy to go? He obviously gets a nice bump, but his percentages actually weren't that horrible last year. So I, I wouldn't go overboard with that one. Uh, Joel Embiid, no, not really a value. Booker at 16 is not, believe it or not, not really a value in points leagues because his percentages are both good now. Um, and then, interestingly, like you might be able to make the case that Shea Gilgis Alexander could be a value, although you know we don't know what his usage is going to do to his uh, his efficiency. So here's the second chunk. Uh, we'll we'll rattle off 20 names again: Drummond, Kyrie, Kawhi. Drew Holiday, Zion, Paul George, Brandon Ingram, DeAndre Ayton, John Morant, and Nick Vucevic. That's the top. That's that next 10. 31 through 40 is Bam Adebayo, Donovan Mitchell, Tobias Harris, DeMar DeRozan, Rudy Gobert, D'Angelo Russell, Jamal Murray, Chris Paul, Chris Middleton, and Kyle Lowry. Uh, in this next 20, if you are playing a category format, Paul George at 26 is a crazy steal. An insane steal of a value. DeAndre Ayton at 28. Is it an obscene steal? You guys know I like Vooch at 30. That's totally fine. Bam Adebayo at 31. He's actually valuing both points or category format at 31. Um, Tobias Harris really far up the board on ESPN. They're they're closer to his number than the other side. That's super surprising. Uh, Chris Paul at 38 is a big value in category formats, and Kyle Lowry at 40, although that... Like, we're seeing that in on, on both websites. Those guys are just down the board because they're old. In that next group of 20, your points league's value. Uh, oh, by the way, Kawhi Leonard at 23. Insane category league value. Almost skipped right over him. Points league's value, um, bam, as we talked about already, um, is really the only one that's super obvious in that, in that group of guys. Uh... Looking at some of the other names in there, I suppose you could probably call Drummond a value because if he plays relatively well and you punt his free throw percent 
And, you know, his field goal percent actually isn't as good as it used to be, so he would get a pretty good kick. So he's a maybe in terms of value at that spot. Uh, You know, I actually think Kawhi Leonard would be a value at this spot, even in points leagues, because he's just so freaking good. And, like, last year in points formats, he was around the turn anyway. So he's a value in both types there. Um, That's probably it in that chunk. Yeah, that's it in that chunk. All right, third chunk, 41 to 60. Again, we'll break it down both directions. After I remind you guys that with your drafts coming up so darn soon, you need the best stuff to get you through them. And the best stuff is the Hoop Ball Fantasy Pass. That's the best stuff. It's just $4.99 for a month. $4.99 a month. Gets you the Brewski 150. Everybody's talking about Shea and Christian Wood and Michael Porter Jr. Don't you want to know where Brewski has those guys? Of course you do. That's in the Brewski 150. Eight and nine cat he's got in the B150. The draft guide. It's got points leagues rankings. It's got projections. It's got auction ranks. It's got depth charts. It's got schedule grids. It's got streaming grids. It's got punt strategy guys. You get the DFS pass. With your daily DFS article, lineup builds. And this is my favorite thing. You get the in-season part of the membership with that Fantasy Pass, which now has the Hoop Ball Discord open. It's humming, by the way. We opened it like two days ago, and there's already, I think, over 100 of you guys chatting in the Hoop Ball Discord. There are Hoop Ball pros that are just hanging out. All the time. Right now, as I record this podcast, myself, Steve Vitovich, Micah Patria, Surio, we're all just cooling in a Discord. People getting their questions answered. Surio was up answering questions until, like, one in the morning for him last night. I don't know. The man's a maniac. We have official office hours as part of the in-season membership. But right now, everybody's so damn excited about basketball, the pros are just hanging out, taking questions from you guys. This is the kind of access you cannot get to an entire team of pros. And that's all part of that same deal. Like, I think people should pay $4.99 a month just for the Discord access, but you get all that other stuff too. Live video shows, in-season premium articles on pickups. It's all $4.99 a month. Let's do the next chunk of players. 41 through 60. Uh, Nurk, Freddie Van Fleet, Demonis Sabonis, TJ Warren, Kelly Oubre Jr., John Collins, Darren Fox, CJ McCollum, Zach Levine, and Mitchell Robinson. That's the first 10 of that 20. Gordon Hayward, Kristaps Porzingis, Malcolm Brogdon, Rob Covington, Draymond Green, Stephen Adams, Jonas Valanciunas, Susan Whiteside, John Wall, and Clint Capella. Your value guys in category formats, Yusuf Nurkic at 41 is now a value guy in category formats. I would argue Freddie Van Fleet at 42 is a pretty good value guy there. John Collins at 46 is an astounding value. Zach Levine at 49 is a pretty good value. I might even argue he's a better value on the points league side, but we'll get to that in just a second. In that next grouping of 10, uh, Rob Covington at 54 I think is a pretty good value, but I don't know that that's because this is a points league. I think that's just because people don't value Rob Covington appropriately. Valanchunas at 57 is really nice. And that's probably your list of category league value guys. If you flip over to uh, the points league side of things, I actually think Nurk is is potentially uh, a points league value there also, but maybe not quite as 
robust. <laughs> Not quite as robust a value as the other side. Uh, Freddie Van Fleet, of course, he's a guy that 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 does get that big bump because his field goal percent is so low. So uh, by points leagues numbers, you know, I know he missed some time last year. He was actually number 15 roughly on a per-game basis in that neck of the woods. So uh, I think he's a nice value on the points league side. Uh, looking at some of the other names here just to make sure we've, we've cover everybody's bases. Uh, yes, I like Covington. I think he's a, a potential points league guy also, which is interesting. His percentages aren't good. His value is tied up in his defensive stats, which, you know, you have to make sure your points leagues are set to give you a nice chunk for steals and blocks. But if that's the case, then yeah, absolutely. Zach Levine, he's a big points leagues value there. I, frankly, I think John Collins is a points league value there also, just because he's, he, uh, you know, I know his percentages are actually pretty good. So he takes a hit in points leagues, but I don't, it ain't going to be that big. And then that second grouping, John Wall at 59 is actually probably a points league value because he's not a great foul shooter and he's a terrible field goal percent guy. So you wipe that stuff out and and he could have a pretty big year, especially if Harden ends up getting moved at some point. Steven Adams relatively early here because again, that you know, same kind of story. That's that's not really a thing. Mitchell Robinson at 50 is actually a little scary for me in a points league format. And that's probably your goodies in that chunk. Fourth grouping, 61 through 80. We're gonna we're gonna go through the top 100, I believe, on today's show. Although we'll we'll kind of see how timing's going on this. Um. Yeah, that pause was me picking <laughs> 30 deep. I told you it was gonna happen at some point during the show. I just did. Uh, I didn't know entirely when. The uh, the, the fourth chunk here. Christian Wood, Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, Al Horford, Delon Wright, Devontae Graham, Lamarcus Aldridge, Lonzo Ball, Jeremy Grant, and Victor Oladipo. Uh, Julius Randle, Mike Conley, Eric Bledsoe, LaMelo Ball, Lou Williams, Ricky Rubio, Josh Richardson, Michael Porter Jr., Tyrese Halliburton, and Buddy Heald. If you were in a category format, your value plays in there. Wow, that's really early on DeLon Wright. Whoa, jumped right over it. LaMarcus Aldridge at 67. That's a massive category play value in that group of players. And, and Buddy Heald at 80. Those are your really big ones there. Christian Wood at 61. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Actually, either format, I could argue that, that that's not a bad spot for him. Uh, points League format guys that I think are undervalued in this group. Victor Oladipo at 70. I think he'll be better than that in Points Leagues. Julius Randle tends to be much, much better than his numbers in Points League because of the percentages stuff. And uh, those are probably my favorite ones there. I think Michael Porter Jr. could actually be... It's interesting to see him go at this point if indeed this is where he's going to go on ESPN ranks. I think he's probably likely better than that in in both formats. One thing that I haven't really been pointing out as we've gone on here are guys that I think are going way too early, but I think as long as we're isolating the value plays in each section, you can kind of get an idea of the opposite side. But just very quickly here, for argument's sake, the, uh, the, the second, third, and fourth chunks, in my estimation, guys that are going way too early, Drew Holiday at 24, uh, Zion Williamson at 25 is going too early. John ja Morant at, at 29, although again, you know, take into account for Zion and Ja at least that they're a little bit more accurately placed for a, a points leagues format. I don't like to see Tobias and DeMar DeRozan going in the 30s. I don't say they're going too early there. They're just, they've, they've wiped out their value. That's the big issue. TJ Warren at 44, that's too early with him being dinged up right now. 
Uh, Gordon Hayward, the injury, although I don't think that's been factored in on him. Malcolm Brogdon at 53, that's too soon on Brogdon. I'm just trying to, this is guys that are going too early, I think, no matter what format you're looking at. So that's, that's sort of where I'm piecemealing it together because, like, you can look at Steven Adams at 56 and you can say, that's insane, but then remember, you know, points league. So I just keep hammering that into the old brainer and uh, hopefully it'll settle in at some point. In that last grouping, the, the 61 to 80 group, Dennis Schroeder at 63, that is way too early. DeLon Wright at 65, crazy early no matter what format you're looking at. Jeremy Grant at 69, I think that's really too early for him. You've, you've wiped out his, his potential value. Conley at 72 is too early for me. Lou Williams at 75, that's too early because he just doesn't have the usage. Even in a points league format, he just doesn't have the usage that he used to have. Rubio at 76, Richardson at 77, those are also a little bit early for me. And then Tyrese Halliburton, I know he's going to play a little bit this year, but the Kings want to make the playoffs, so they're not going to be pushing him. That's way too early at 79. And one other thing that I want to mention here is, uh, on before we do that last grouping of 20, Guys, I, I, I mentioned it on, on uh, we talked about it on Friday's show and even hinting at it this week, but I, I can't believe I forgot to say it at the outset. The Aaron Bruski versus Dan Bespris season win total showdown is out, and it's free. It's free. If you're on our mailing list, you got an email about it. And if you're not, we've been tweeting about it on the social media. So you have a couple of ways to check that thing out. The the article itself is over 11,000 words long. Brew and myself, we put a lot of effort into this. We handicap all 30 teams for everyone to see. It's, it's free for everyone to see our breakdowns. We each have leans listed on all 30 teams. And if you want the top plays, you just have to get the wager pass. Brew has 13 bets he's actually making out of these 30 teams. And he has 31 units on the line in those 13 bets. I have 12 bets for 20 units on the line. Those top plays are available for Wager Pass subscribers. Also, HoopBall360 subscribers. Wager Pass is $9.99 a month. HoopBall360 is $12.99 a month. That's the Wager Pass and the Fantasy Pass together. So you get them at a nice discount. So please do check those out. The Wager Pass, there is no commitment. You know, you sign up for one month. You can cancel before that month is over if you want. You could sign up and immediately cancel after seeing what our season win total best bets are. I wish you wouldn't, because I'm pretty sure you're going to win a bunch of money on our season win total bets. But you could, if you absolutely wanted to. Most sports betting websites don't even sell a single play for $10. It's like $25 to 30 bucks for one play from a handicapper. We're giving out a whole month of plays from me, Aaron, Devin, Mike, Troy, Vince, Eric, the whole team. It's $9.99 a month on the wager pass. So please do check that out. Hoop-ball.com. Go up onto the top tab and click on premium. You can see the wager pass there. There's also a link to get it in the article I'm talking about. So you can read the whole 11,000-word thing, and then you can get the wager pass to see the top plays. Or you don't have to. Just take our leans and use it against your own handicapping, and maybe you make your plays like that. So, again, we're super excited about this. It's the biggest thing that Aaron and I have written together ever because generally we don't write stuff together and and we're just I'm you know it's so much it's so it was so fun to put this thing together so season win totals on all 30 teams if you're thinking about getting into sports betting this would certainly be the time to do it open up an account over at mybookie.ag with promo code hoopball and direct message me before you make your first deposit because I may have something for you while you're making 
that first deposit. So open up an account. Again, use promo code HOOPBALL or I can't get you your prize. And DM me on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. I will get you a prize over at my bookie, And then you can drop, uh, get the wager pass, and then make your bets on season win totals. I think Brew and I only disagree on a couple of things, but it's good. It's good to have a little disagreement there. So let's do the last chunk for today's show. This will be a little shorter episode than the, you know, 50 to 75-minute stuff we've been pumping out. Because tomorrow's going to be, as uh, the expression goes, a Dolly Womper. It's a big one. 81 through 100, Kemba, Dante DiVincenzo, Mason Plumley. How about that? Aaron Gordon, DeJounte Murray, Jalen Brown, Karis Levert, Tyler Harrow, Markel Fultz, Miles Turner. That's that first 10. Andrew Wiggins, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, Marcus Smart, Gallo, Brandon Clark, Obi Toppin, Lowry Markinen, Colin Sexton, and Evan Fournier is 91 through 100. Category league values in that group. DeJounte Murray at 85. He's a category league value in that group. Miles Turner at 90. Big category league value in that group. You know I'm terrified of Jaron Jackson Jr. this year, but at 92, yeah. Brooke Lopez at 93. Marcus Smart at 94. The biggest value on the board that we've come across so far. And Sexton at 99. Pretty good value. Fournier, medium value at 100. Your points leagues values in there. I think Aaron Gordon has a really nice points league season, actually. I... I feel pretty good about that. I think DeJounte Murray actually has a relatively good season on both point or category, so uh, I could get involved in that. Andrew Wiggins likely likely outperforms this mark. Brutal category guy, but not terrible on the points league side. And then Colin Sexton, who's going to score a bunch. I know he doesn't do much else, but you get that many points out of a guy and get him at 99, you're in good shape. Guys in this group that are way too high, Dante DiVincenzo at 82. You what? I don't care what format you're in. That dude ain't going at 82. Mason Plumley at 83. Uh-uh. Karis LeVert at 87, unless you're just squatting on him, but I ain't using my eighth-round pick on a guy I, I'm hoping gets traded to the Rockets. He ain't doing anything in Brooklyn. Tyler Hero at 88. Uh, actually, not terrible for points league, just not, not good at all for category formats there. Other guys that are uh, a bit too high, Obi Toppin likely too high, and uh, yeah, that's that's it for that that chunk so that's our top 100 espn i wanted to get through that at some point here leading up to the start of the nba season and i'm uh, glad we found the time for it today that is your shorter episode today we wanted to keep this one a little more brief because tomorrow we're coming at you with the big guns dr a and aaron brewski titans legends of fantasy basketball that's our friday weekend episode you guys kept asking for espn so finally we gave it to you Oh, one other thing I want to slip in here before our show is done. There was a request put out for me to go back through the players and try to remind everybody of of people that are actually hurt versus people that are just preseason hurt. So we'll do that very quickly here. People that are actually hurt, luckily, not a ton of them inside the top 50. In fact, I might say zero inside the top 50 Yahoo ADP guys. But once you get outside of that, you do have a few. Gordon Hayward actually hurt. That busted finger is, it's an avulsion fracture on his right pinky, I believe. So uh, it's a shooting hand. That's a thing. They're, they're calling it day to day. But I, frankly, I'd be surprised if he, if he was available for opening night. I mean, I guess maybe he plays with a splint on it or something. 
But it is a reason to be extraordinarily cautious. Hopefully we get some more information out of Charlotte. But I would be inclined not to take the risk because he's going to cost you probably a fifth rounder. And if your fifth rounder, it's suddenly like, oh, by the way, he's going to miss three weeks. That'll kill you. If he plays, great. He ends up being the value that he was going to be there. But that's a big risk at the moment. TJ Warren is dealing with plantar fasciitis, which is rough. He's, he's done a little bit of light on-court work. Obviously, he really wants to play. He's, he's been pretty damn durable basically since he since Phoenix started to let him play a little bit. Um, but again, like we're, we're talking about a guy that w- we're five days from the start of the NBA season and he hasn't gone fully live at practice. So I think I got to dodge him. I think I got to dodge him. Kristaps Porzingis, we know he's out to start the year. He's just a guy I'm not drafting unless he falls to like 80 or 90, at which point you get such an insane per game number out of the dude that you kind of have to, even if he misses a month to start the year, like getting that type of guy in that range, especially if you're in a roto with games cap, for sure. Jaron Jackson Jr. out to start the year. I'm probably just not drafting him largely because I don't think he's going to slip far enough for me to get him. Derek White, week to week, you probably have to dodge him. I don't think that, you know, I'm sure he goes inside the top 110. And frankly, for me, I, I would need to get him 10th round or later if I'm in a squad on a guy like that. And there's so much uncertainty that I frankly don't know if I can. Brandon Clark is considered questionable for tonight's preseason game. It sure would be nice to see him get in there. He's dealing with groin soreness uh, before the season starts because if he does play this year, he's going to be he's going to walk himself to a top 75 or better season in Roto. Uh, you know, I I guess wait and see. Hopefully your draft isn't tonight and we get a word on him. If he gets in there, then terrific. You throw him back into the mix, you're good to go. Kemba Walker out to start the year. He's another guy. Now, the difference between Kemba and Porzingis is that when Kristaps gets ready and he's actually playing, he's going to be hammer blasting in that top 20 range. For Kemba, he just doesn't look right. Even when he's on the court now, I think he's more like a top 40, top 50 kind of guy. So I don't think I'm drafting Kemba basically under any circumstance. And then there's a couple guys later on that we're sort of keeping an eye on, but it's not it's not clear that it'll carry over, and it's not clear that it'll matter. Daniel Tice missed a game with a back thing. We only I only note that because back things are a little bit goofball. Larry Nance has a concussion, so he's probably going to be out to start the year. We don't know how long. He's a massive value play anyway. You can probably get him in the 13th, 14th round, and he's going to see minutes for the Cavs. So I'm not going to dodge him because of the, uh, because of the concussion, only because you can get him so late that it's a value no matter what. No matter what, that's a value there. Terrence Ross sounds like he's good to go. He's probable, so I thought he might be out to start the year. Sounds like whatever's going on with his toe, he's good enough. And I think that's about his... And Jeremy Lamb, he's a, but we knew that one. He's out at least the first month of the year. And uh, you know, with guys like that, it, it probably will stretch a little bit beyond that mark as well. So uh, that's generally your guys getting drafted that are actually hurt list to start the year. Hopefully that was at least a tiny bit helpful for all of you. Again, a reminder here at the end of the show, hit me. Oh, recruiting, recruiting. I've been getting your emails. I've been getting your tweets. That's awesome. We got some folks writing in to join the gambling team. We got some folks sending emails about the uh, written content team. I will be getting back to all of you soon enough. Again, 
If you want to be part of our sales team, that's the opportunity to make a little bit of coin at this thing. You can bug me about that as well. It is at Dan Vespers on Twitter or Team Hoopball at hoop-ball.com is the email address. You can hop on a Hoopball League waiting list for next year. I know that's not that compelling, but do it. That way you don't miss the call next year. We'll make sure you get an email about that. All of those things, reasons to contact me on Twitter. Manscaped.com, forgot to do their read today, but it's man, uh, Hoopball20 is the promo code. And please do check out our season win total article. Uh, 30 leans from both me and Brew, 11,000 words, all free. The only thing you'd have to pay for is if you want the uh, the best bets, the actual bets that we made on all of our leans. That's uh, that's that one click further. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a Hoopball presentation. I am Dan Vaspers, folks. Thanks for listening to our ESPN and Injury Breakdown episode. If you've been enjoying the pod, please throw a five-star review on it and subscribe. I will be forever in your debt tomorrow. Big one coming. Stay tuned. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.